0: I greet you all in the mighty name of Jesus. Um, I would like to pass my gratitude to the eldership or the leadership of the church for granting me the opportunity to stand before you this morning. Um, Yeah, that's how I feel. I, I will not take time, and I was just thinking about this as we're talking with God that there's no revelation that's going to blow our socks away. But it is an emphasis of what we know and what we've had. And so it is okay. I just want to use today. To have us reflect or to ponder on the vision that we have as a church. Our vision reads, I read, is to intimately know Christ, Jesus Christ, and to passionately make him known. And we've got core values or our values that we stand for, and it is to be Christ. Centered for holiness, for unity, for love, for team, um, for soul winning, for discipleship and community development. I skipped something. I can't read. My eyes are going ahead of me. Covenant. Thank you. But I want us to look at the second part of our vision. The first part is to intimately know Jesus Christ. The second part is to passionately make him known. And I want us as a church, as individuals, to think have we been living up to the standard of that vision? Because what that vision does, it says, That is what we have publicly declared of us to be or to live for as a church. If I come in as a new person and I look at your walls and I see that this is what you stand for, the next thing will be for me to look at your lifestyle and see if it matches what I see on the wall. Are we passionately making Jesus Christ known. If the response is yes, then great. Surely we should have fruits to point at. To say these are the people who have been preaching to. We have done this exercise once, but I'll ask us to do it once again. Of the people that are sitting in the church hall this morning, how many of you are at Cosmo City Church because someone preached to you, you believed in Christ and you came to church? You did not come to Cosmo coming from another church. You came because someone invited you, you accepted Christ and you stayed here. If you are there, you can just raise your hand and you say, that is me. And there is none. And I ask again, are we living to passionately make Christ known? If the answer is yes, the fruits should show. And if the answer is no, then perhaps you and I are at the wrong church. Because what the church has said they stand for, it is not what you and me are standing for. Or maybe we should change our vision to those things that are important to us as a church. And when we have noted those things that are important to us, the next question should be, are those things in the priority of Christ as well? Or they are important to us and not important to God? What will it be? To passionately make Christ known. There are a few ways you can think of of having that happen or living out that part of the vision. You and I have a mandate to imitate Christ wherever we are. So in our personal spaces when people look at us, do they see a Christ-like life or do, do they see a person who is living as the world does. Ephesians 5.1 says, Therefore be imitators of God. The second part or the other way of making Christ passionately known could be intentionally telling people about Christ. You intentionally go to an unbeliever to tell them about Jesus. You can either do it to a group of people or you can do it to individual, to to an individual. But the point is you are intentionally making a decision, consciously so, to go and make Christ known. Let us go to our Bible, Matthew chapter 28. I will read from verse 16 to verse 20. It reads as follows. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of ages. Jesus is saying these words to his disciples. And so if indeed you and I identify ourselves as the disciples of Jesus, then this message is to us as well. And we need to take it to heart. Matthew 28 verse 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And in thinking about the scripture, It is probably one of the most quoted scriptures in the church. And unfortunately, quoting of scriptures that does not necessarily translate to living out the scriptures that we quote, which is an unfortunate thing to the church. Go, therefore and make disciples of all nations. It is amazing that Jesus lived for 40 days after resurrection before ascending to heaven. Yet all the three Gospels dedicate a chapter to talk about his life after resurrection. And most of them are focusing on this one day. It is only in the book of John that you have got two chapters that talk about the resurrection of Christ. But what I find amazing when you have the Gospels is that it is not necessarily the case that you have the Gospels talking about the same events at all times. At times you have got the Gospel focusing on different aspects of the one event. However, when it comes to the great call, the mandate that the church has been given, not one of the gospels missed that call to go and make disciples of all nations. And the question remains, are we passionately making Christ known? We have read in Matthew 19. We can go to Mark 15. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said to them, go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. We can tend to look Twenty-four, verse 46 to 48 and said to them thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins Should be proclaimed in the name, in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power. John 20. 21 reads Jesus said to them again peace be with you as the father has sent me even so I am sending you. So that is the command that was given to the church. And unfortunately, I feel like as a church, we live like this was a suggestion to either take or live out. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. We have been sent out. So it is not for the church to sit in the church and hope that the unbeliever will enter our premises and get born again. It is wrong for us to hopefully pray for the believers to be born again and sit folding hands, waiting for them to fall from the sky in our midst. The church is a training ground for the believer. And the practicals must happen outside church. When we are at our homes, the gospel should continue. Within our communities, the gospel should continue. In our workplaces, the gospel should continue. At schools, the gospel should continue. When we are sitting like this, we are being trained or equipped so that we may go out and do the good work. The harvest is plentiful, yet the laborers are few. Let us turn our Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 41. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it reads as follows and 47. So those who believed his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The growth of the church in number is dependent on our going. We cannot continue to hide in that statement that says numbers do not matter. Because numbers do. If the church is growing, it means there are less souls left in the kingdom of darkness. There is no in between. You are either a child of God or of Satan. So the souls that we have not preached to remain bound by the devil. They are in his hands. And until the believer does something about it, the Bible says how will they hear if they have not been preached to? And so it is our duty as the church to go. It is time that we leave our comfort zones and go. Sitting does not yield the fruits that Jesus is looking for. It is the going that will yield the fruits. Make disciples of all nations. That is the band-aid. A disciple is a follower or a student of Christ. Christ. In actual fact, it is said to be a dedicated follower and student of Christ. So if you and I are still lukewarm and we are not yet dedicated, it may be the answer as to why we are not making disciples of all nations. A disciple actively imitates the life And the teaching of the master. In this case we are talking about Jesus. But instead the church seeks to make converts. And not disciples. We are good at evangelizing. But our discipleship skills are so low. We are good at leading people to Christ, but we are not good with following up. Yet the mandate was not to turn them into converts. How do you give birth and leave a child in hospital if you are a true parent? But that is what as the church we have turned into. Giving birth and walking away, never looking back. What a painful truth it is. And so being a disciple is not a one-day thing, but a lifetime commitment. When you and I said we accept Christ today, that was the beginning of a lifetime commitment to Christ. It was not the end of it all. It was the beginning of a new journey, a new chapter unfolding. And it is not the duty of a selected few to disciple. It is for the whole church to put their hands on the plow when it comes to discipleship. The strength of our discipleship as a church is determined by how rooted we are in Christ. If we are not rooted in the Lord we will mislead the new believers. Whereas if we are rooted in Christ, we will give birth to the same kind as we are if we are steadfast in our discipleship. As I was praying about this whole issue of discipleship, the issue of family structures is what God gave me. In my heart, I had, I saw it was, it was about family structures, that the family structures in the church need to be in order. Husbands need to take their places in leading the family as Christ leads them. And so it is not good enough to say that I am your husband and I will lead you if you yourself are not under submission to Christ. Wives need to be wives and mothers in the family structure. When things are rightly in order, then we can begin to play each of our roles faithfully in the church. When the young person is strong in the Lord, then they can take another young person who just just got born again in the Lord and show them the right way. And I had this again, that if too many marriages have got cracks, too much time will be spent on patching those cracks, taking away our focus, From discipleship to the mundane things that should have been sorted. The weird thing that I heard was that I saw a wall that was plastered and had cracks. But when it came to working out those cracks, it was a tape going on those cracks. Which meant the work we were doing was temporary. We were not dealing with the main issues that needed to be dealt with. And that meant we, it was only hiding the crack but not dealing with the crack. And so when the crack grows, it will move from the tape and we'll begin to see that actually you had not fixed. Instead of going to what you ought to be doing, your focus will again be to that crack, which is what we need to move away from. Because family structures need to be in place. A time is coming where we are going to move discipleship from a selected few to the whole church. And if the church is not ready to disciple, we will always give birth and leave the new believer where we found them, back into the world. And so let us fasten our seatbelts because we ought to do the work of discipleship as a church it is coming a time when we go to disciple in the area that you are in we will not be saying where is the evangelism team to take care of the new converts it will be which are the families that are staying in this area we are going to entrust you with the new converts that will be at your care and the Lord will require you to be faithful stewards with what he has given to you. But until we fix our own households, we will not be able to pay attention to what is important in our mandate The last aspect that I want us to touch on today is in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Let us start from verse 4, picking verse 5, going to 8. It reads as follows. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So as we have emphasized the importance of going, Jesus comes to the disciples and says, To go is important. But the mandate is humanly impossible without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so you must wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Then you shall be agents that are ready to go into the world. And so we cannot downgrade the the mandate of evangelism to an act of the flesh. It is very much a spiritual act as it is worship. So when we talk about going out into the world, be careful that we are going into a dangerous zone. When we talk about evangelism and we are saying we are going into the world, we are going to a territory where the devil is already loading the people. And so when you enter his territory, you do not expect that he will allow you to go with the souls unfighted or without giving you a fight he will have to give you his best blows as well because it is a matter of life and death and literally so as I mean it. And so wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. The mandate of evangelism is not a thing of the flesh. It is a spiritual work we cannot do without the Holy Spirit. If you want to know, you can go to the book of Acts chapter 19. You will read at your own time. Wherein in the sons of Sceva tried to cast out demons in their own flesh. On that day, the demons disciplined them because they wanted to know Jesus we know. Paul We know, as for you, who are you? It is not a story in the Bible only. Try it and go do the work of God in the flesh. You will see flames. Let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 3, verse 27. In my Bible, it reads, as follows. But no one can enter a strong, man's, a strong man's house and plunder his goods. Unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. And so the Bible labels this, the devil or Satan as a strong man. And so when you go to his territory... You are not going to someone who is weak. The only courage that we have when we go out to the world is that we have the stronger man in us. It is not that the devil is weak. He is strong, but he is not stronger than the Christ we have. And so we go in that might that the stronger one is within us. You cannot bind a strong man unless you have the stronger power to bind that strong man. And essentially that is what disciples I mean that is what making disciples of all nations does. Our victory is in Christ. That is what I want us to take note of this morning. The question is simple, but take your time to answer it. Do we love Jesus enough to obey his commands? Do you love Jesus enough this morning to obey his commands? Many a times we want to protect our image and forget about Christ. And if self is still the center of it all, it is impossible that we'll go out and make disciples of all nations. Because of a lot of what is at stake is what we are holding to dearly, which has nothing to do with Christ, but everything to do with self. We have evangelism coming up on the 5th of December. Start preparing yourself for the work that is ahead. We have training sessions scheduled for the next two weeks to prepare us before the 5th of December. Open to the whole church. It will not be reason enough to say. I have not done it before. Therefore, I don't know. What to do. The training sessions are meant to answer. That point. You will choose to either make time for it. Or not to. The question remains. Do you love Jesus enough to obey his commands? I'm excited about what God is doing in our midst. We have used, or probably had many reasons why we could not join the Rwanda missions, We have said finances, we have said we don't have lived days, we have said we can't be too far from our families and all that. God willing, we will have missions within and around us. We will see what your real reason is and my real reason. But what I'm saying is let us prepare our hearts to fulfill the vision of the church. Perhaps take time if you want to willingly donate yourself to another church. Now may be the time to do so because once we start, there will be no end. May we all stand up as we conclude. Going out to preach is a privilege only to those who are in Christ. And so if you are here in our midst, and you do not know what we are talking about when we talk about the Great Commission, and you are not born again, now is the time. There's never been a better time than this for your salvation. Be it you have been coming to church and you have never made a personal decision to follow Christ. Today is the day. In actual fact, we do not know if the fifth will come. Anytime Christ may come back or take us back to himself before we get there. if you are in this place and you have never received Christ in your life from where you are you can raise your hand and we will pray with you it is about you and Christ tomorrow is not yours what you have is today today